Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and today we're going to talk about the biggest thing that has been in the news this week. Wall Street versus Main Street. Hedge funds versus Reddit. Billionaire Steve Cohen versus Redditor Potato in My Ass. Today, I'm going to give you both sides of the story, the mechanics behind what is happening, and my opinion on who is allegedly manipulating the market. So, stick around. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host... Alrighty, so this week has been a real series of unfortunate events for hedge funds, and the story hasn't even hit its lowest point yet. First off, I decided to release this episode a little bit earlier than the usual Tuesday that I normally release episodes on, so that you can have the most up-to-date information for when this week kicks off, instead of after what is expected to be a roller coaster of a Monday. So there will not be an additional episode on Tuesday, this is the episode for the week. So let's go ahead and start talking about GameStop and how it became a rather successful medium of redistributing wealth from hedge funds to Redditors. Now, throughout this episode, I am only going to refer to GameStop because that one is the biggest example of what we're seeing. And, you know, AMC, BlackBerry, Bed Bath & Beyond, and the other stocks involved in this have essentially the same mechanics going on, but with varying degrees of effect. So I'm only going to say GameStop really by name, but really this situation is essentially the same for all of them. So in the grand scheme of things, if we were going to put one big name on what's going on last week and what's going to continue to go on this week, it's known as a short squeeze. Now, a short squeeze is one possible conclusion for when people or hedge funds short a stock. For the purposes of keeping this episode relatively, well, short, I'm going to give a very brief overview on what shorting a stock is, And if you want a more detailed explanation with examples, check out my episode 12 titled Elon Short Shorts. That one should give you all the background and understanding you need. And then once you do that, feel free to come right on back to this one. The act of shorting a stock is betting that the stock will go down in the near future. The way it works is that you borrow shares from your broker and sell those shares immediately. Then you have to buy the shares back and give them back to your broker. Essentially, you are selling shares that you don't own with the expectation that when it is time for you to buy them and give them back to your broker, you're going to pay a lower price than what you sold it for. Here's an example. Company A's stock price is $100 per share. You go ahead and short one share. So you borrow a share from your broker, sell it, and now you have $100 in cash from your account. Two days later, the stock price goes down to $80 per share. So you use that $100 in your account and you buy a single share for $80 and you give that share back to your broker to replace the one you borrowed. This is called closing the position. In the end, you sold a share for $100 and bought it back for $80. So what you're left with is that you earned $20, which is still in your account. So your broker loaned you the share and got its share back. They're perfectly fine but you have an additional $20 because of this arrangement. Here's where it can go wrong. Say you short the share, and when it is time for you to buy the share back, the price per share is now $120 instead of 100 
well, your broker doesn't care what the price is. They want their share back. You borrowed it, so you got to put it back. So you now need to come out of pocket $20 to buy the share. And that's how you lose with a short. So overall, you're betting for the share price to go down. If it doesn't go down, you have to come out of pocket to make up the difference. So that's what shorting is. Now, let's go ahead and talk about a short squeeze. A short squeeze occurs when there have been a large volume of people or companies shorting a stock, but the stock price keeps going up for one reason or another. Remember that stock prices go up or down based on supply and demand on the volume of shares being bought versus the volume of shares being sold. So if the stock price goes up, there's a high demand for the stock. The short squeeze comes into play when we have a stock that is heavily shorted, but it's still going up. So what's the last step in shorting a stock? The people who are shorting the stock have to buy those shares back to replace what they borrowed from their brokers. So you have a stock that is going up for one reason or another, and now you have all the short sellers that need to close their position and buy those shares. So you have an already high demand, but now the short investors have to go in and also buy more shares. This increases the demand for the stock and sends the price higher even faster than what it was doing already. In effect, a short squeeze is when a shorted stock is increasing in share price, and then there is an additional set of buyers that come in which are the short sellers closing their position, and that added demand sends the stock price shooting even higher due to the increased secondary demand. So all of that is the highly technical background that's needed to really get into what's happening with GameStop. Now, if you had a hard time following that, I completely understand. I've got a degree in this, and sometimes I still get a little screwy with it. So if you need to rewind and listen to that again, feel free, or I'm going to go ahead and post some materials in the show notes of this episode so you can have a little bit of reading. Feel free to go check that out and then just come on right back. It's just going to pause when you go somewhere else. So you can come on back once you get a firm grip on that, because that's kind of what's necessary to understand the rest of this. So one thing to know is that the stock exchanges, which in the U.S. are the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange, both exchanges publish twice a month how many shares and the percentage of shares that are shorted for every stock they carry. Now, there are also third-party research firms that publish this data even more often because usually they sell it or sometimes they give it away for free, but you've got these research firms that also do that information. So how did all of this start? Well, keep in mind that shorting a stock has an effect sometimes of lowering the price initially, because remember, there is a high volume of selling involved in short selling. They do eventually buy those shares back, but at first, there's a drop due to that selling. Well, once upon a time, Wall Street hedge funds, specifically Melvin Capital and Citron Research, saw that GameStop went from $4 per share to about $15 per share over about a six-month period. They looked at this and thought that $15 per share wasn't what the company was worth. So they went ahead and shorted the absolute hell out of it. On the December 31st report from the New York Stock Exchange, it was reported that something along the lines of 140% of GameStop shares had been shorted. And while those shorts were happening, small investors were buying tons of shares of GameStop because they also saw the $4 per share to $15 per share rise And they decided, instead of shorting, to buy more shares because they wanted to hop on board the train and get some of those gains. Enter Wall Street Bets. Someone from Wall Street Bets found the report that GameStop was shorted 140% 
and they make a post showing everybody the report and letting people know what's going on. Now, what does it mean that a stock is shorted to 140%? That means that at some point in the near future, those shares need to be purchased back and given to the brokers to close the position. This means that at some point in the near future, there is going to be demand for 140% of the existing GameStop shares. Well, what usually happens when demand is higher than supply? Prices increase. So the bell had been rung and everyone on Wall Street Bets realized that the hedge funds have to buy those shares in order to give them back to their brokers, no matter the price. Remember, the brokers don't care what the price is. They lost their shares. They want to get those shares back because it was borrowed. So because of that, people on Wall Street Bets start buying shares of GameStop like crazy. Naturally, all these purchases just utterly destroyed the supply and demand relationship for the shares of GameStop. And so eventually you get the stock price going from $20 per share up to around almost $400 per share as of Wednesday. Well, what about the hedge funds? Now, there's no way to know for sure what the stock price was when each of the short sales took place. But since the report we have was from December 31st, where the stock was shorted 140%, I went and looked it up on Yahoo Finance, and the share price at close for December 31st was $18.84 per share. So if a hedge fund wanted to close their position last Friday afternoon right before close, and again, this is an assumption, they would have had to buy their shares at about $325 per share. This means that they would have the $19 that they received from shorting the stock back in December, and to close out the position, they would have to put up an additional $306 per share from their pocket to buy the shares to give them back to their broker. This means that if the hedge funds close their positions on Friday evening, they would have suffered a loss of $306 per share times 57.8 million shares for a total loss of, drumroll please, $17.69 billion. And that is on top of all of the other shares that they've already closed out of. Business Insider on Saturday, January 30th, reported that short sellers have already lost $19 billion. So already lost $19 billion with a potential for another $17.7 billion. Something to keep in mind here is that the 58 million shares that they still need to buy that are shorted are 113% of the existing shares. So these guys went from 140% of shares shorted to 113 and they've currently lost $19 billion. <laughs> and these guys still need to buy more shares than what currently exist to close their positions. So, once they start the buying to close their positions, the stock price is going to go even higher than what it is now. Just assuming, just for fun, that Wall Street Bets stays out of it, the hedge funds need to buy their shares to close out all the positions. Each round of buying will end up raising the stock price, which will cost them more money the next go-around. If you go ahead and add in the 6 million people of Wall Street Bets who are also buying the stock just to stick it to the hedge funds, that stock price is going to rocket higher and higher as you have way more demand than you have supply for the available shares. So, that is the situation we're currently in. If I had to summarize this whole saga up to this point, I would summarize it like this. 
The hedge funds went ahead in late December and massively overexposed themselves by shorting 140% of the available shares of a single stock. Someone went and saw this report from the New York Stock Exchange and blasted it around Reddit as a massive buying opportunity, which it absolutely was. And now we're sitting in a stalemate where the hedge funds have to buy 113% of the shares or 58 million shares, and Wall Street Bets is happy to sell those shares to them for about $2,000 per share. Now, I think I need to include this disclaimer now. I am not an investment advisor. I am not registered or licensed to give any financial advice. And at this point, I do not recommend getting involved with any of this. In the interest of full disclosure, I own three GameStop shares, but I'll get to my position in a minute. You should continue to buy and hold, as usual, mostly mutual funds for whatever your current investment plan is, and you shouldn't really change anything just for this. So let's go ahead and address that. You may be thinking I'm a hypocrite for saying not to get involved when I'm involved. I want you to keep in mind a few things. First, I don't know you. I don't know your financial situation. I don't know your financial goals. So I'm not in any position to give any accurate advice aside from the safe or the conservative advice. Here's my situation, and here's how I approached getting involved with this. I have my retirement funds solidly funded, you know, at least for me being 25. I have a decent-sized taxable dividend portfolio. I have my budget set. I have my investment accounts being funded out of every paycheck. So I have all of my accounts growing, and it's all done automatically. And I have less than $1,000 invested in GameStop. If I lose that $1,000, it'll suck, but it won't break me. I'll still have all my bills paid. My investment accounts will continue to be funded on pace. And my life will continue as normal. That is everything you need to be thinking about before you decide to get speculative and throw your money into really risky things like this. Remember that at its core, GameStop is not worth $300 per share. GameStop is likely worth less than $30 per share. At the end of this short squeeze, the shares will go back to where it needs to be. Someone will own shares that go from $300 per share to $30 per share. You need to be fully aware that that must happen to a great number of people. And it could be very likely you losing 90% of your money. Okay, so... Now that we have the doom and gloom out of the way, we've talked about the background and we've talked about the current situation of where we are. Now, let's talk about some shifty things and accusations of wrongdoing throughout this saga. Let's get something straight right off the bat. Shorting stocks is not illegal. Shorting stocks to over 100% of the existing shares, while incredibly stupid, is not illegal. Someone going on Reddit and saying, hey y'all, GameStop is shorted to 140% of its existing shares, is not illegal. Something that is illegal is a pump and dump scheme, which has been an accusation that has been getting thrown around amongst all of this. What a pump and dump scheme is, is that someone goes out and is very vocal about, hey guys, XYZ stock is amazing, it's on the verge of blowing up, it's going to have amazing returns because this, that, the other, whatever. The person does this, and it generates a demand for the stock. And a bunch of people go out and buy it because they think, oh my god, this stock is about to blow up. Of course, if you have all these people falling for this and go in and start buying the stock, it 
does raise the stock price significantly. At that point, the person who is all vocal and trying to sell the stock sells all of their shares, takes the gains, and runs. The stock, of course, doesn't keep performing well because the stock price wasn't raised because the company is good. The stock price rose because someone went out and painted a false picture of what was going to happen with that company. So the people who are duped all start selling out of the company, which tanks the shares and loses everyone who invested a lot of money. So that's the scheme. The pump is when someone or some company goes out and encourages people to buy the stock, and the dump is them selling their shares once they've gotten enough people to buy. The key that makes this illegal is lying to shareholders, profiting off of that lie, and then the shareholders lose money while the people behind the whole scheme take home a large payday. I have seen CNBC and several other news organizations saying that what Wall Street Bets is doing is illegal because they are perpetrating a pump and dump with GameStop, AMC, and the other stocks. Well, I'm not a judge, but pointing out to people an opportunity in the market that is legitimate is not illegal. Some news organizations claim it's illegal to announce what stocks you're buying because that may influence others and may be considered a pump and dump scheme. But I think that accusation is incredibly silly. Now, I've been watching CNBC for most of this week, just following along with what's going on, and they have several segments where they bring on hedge fund managers, and one segment of the show is, hey, so-and-so, I know you're a so-and-so CEO, chief investment officer, insert impressive title here, of, you know, XYZ fund that manages tens of hundreds of billions of dollars. What did you buy this week? Oh, I, I put $100 million in the XYZ company, and then I sold out of this company. So... I don't understand how CNBC can honestly go out and say that what Wall Street Bets is doing is illegal because, hey, they're announcing what they're buying, which may influence others, and then turn around in the next segment and go, hey, billionaire investor, what are you invested in? Please tell us. So that first off, that hypocrisy really frustrates me. Secondly, I don't know if this is just me or not, but how many times have you seen advertisements, especially on YouTube, for every week? I send out my top picks for best stocks to invest in, so join my mailing list. Or, hey, come sign up for our stock screening service and we'll show you the number one stocks in the market today. Or even the Motley Fool stock advisor advertisements. Quote, sign up and see our market-beating stock list. End quote. Our top stocks have returned over 800% in the last two years. So, if what Wall Street Bets is doing, announcing what they're buying, is illegal, how are these advertisements, these mailing lists, even the Motley Fool, how is that not illegal? If I have a Sunday super stock email list that I email out to, let's say, half a million people, couldn't I just put whatever companies I want, put whatever reasons I want, and then whenever my loyal readers go out and buy those stocks, the stock price goes up and I can just sell out? There can be a huge potential for any of those things to be pump and dump schemes, but nobody blinks an eye. But someone goes on Wall Street Bets and says, hey, look at this report, which is provided for free and is directly from the New York Stock Exchange, that says GameStop is over 140% sold short. This is a huge opportunity because there is a guaranteed demand for more shares than exist. That is somehow a pump and dump scheme. So here's a quote from Investor.gov, which is an official SEC website meant to educate investors. Quote, In a pump-and-dump scheme, fraudsters typically spread false or misleading information to create a buying frenzy 
that will then pump up the price of a stock, and then they will dump the shares of the stock by selling their own shares at the inflated price, end quote. So, from the SEC, to be a pump-and-dump scheme, there must be false or misleading information. The entire thesis behind the Wall Street Bets position is that the hedge funds have opened these short positions and they must be closed. There are still 58 million shares to be purchased and close those positions. That information comes from the New York Stock Exchange and third-party independent research firms. There is no false or misleading information here. The only misleading information that's out there is CNBC and all the other news organizations announcing that, hey, this is a pump and dump, don't get involved in this. So I think that I've spoken enough in defense of the legality of the Wall Street bets position. Maybe I'm biased against the hedge funds, but I leave it to you to do your research and form your own opinions. But let's go ahead and talk about where I think there can be some gray area as far as legality. For the gray area of legality, I'm going to call out the brokerages that decided to cut off the purchasing of shares of the heavily shorted companies. Everyone has been ganging up on Robinhood for this, but there are plenty of other offenders involved here. But let's go ahead and start with the good. I think that brokers were 100% right to change their margin requirements on the stocks involved. Buying stocks on margin, if you don't know, is getting a cash loan from your broker in order to make stock trades. From a risk perspective, I believe that lenders have the right to change the term of their loans before they make the loan and do it to account for some kind of risk. If they don't want to loan you money so you can turn around and buy GameStop, I respect that. You don't have the right to be lent infinite amounts of money to buy anything you want, whether that's GameStop stock or a house you can't afford. I'm totally of the position that if brokers don't want to loan you money based on certain risky stocks, that's fine by me. That's their prerogative. Now that that's out of the way, I think that it was utterly wrong for brokers to restrict buying specific stocks and only allowing you to sell. That, in my opinion, is straight-up market manipulation. Stock prices are a constant game of tug-of-war. If more people are pulling from the buy side, the stock price goes up. If more people are pulling from the sell side, the stock price goes down. But if in a game of tug-of-war, the referees allow 10 players on the sell side and 4 players on the buy side, what do you think is going to happen? Well, the stock price is going to fall because it's completely unfair. In my opinion, that's what happened. In the battle of hedge funds versus Main Street investors, some brokerage went to the tug-of-war game and told players on the buy side to let go of the rope and go sit down. I thought that it was rather convenient that these restrictions took place as GameStop was at its highest level. But who knows, maybe that's just a coincidence. It took an hour or so, but eventually the brokerages went public and said that they had to stop the buy transactions due to capital clearing requirements put on by the SEC and other regulators. Now, to be fair, I am unfamiliar with those requirements, so I cannot comment on them. However, I will say this. Assuming that that is the truth, that they had the right to shut down your ability to buy certain stocks due to some kind of liquidity requirement, that clearly shows that your broker does not have the capital required to maintain your ability and freedom to buy whatever you want whenever you want. And if that is the case, is that the broker you want to continue using for your investing? What if you want to do something in the future and they can't let you do it because they have a problem with their capital on hand? Personally, I would move my account to a broker that isn't going to have problems accommodating my transactions during tough times. Luckily, 
My broker didn't have any restrictions on GameStop purchases besides the margin trading, which, as I said before, I'm cool with. That's my opinion on the gray area of legality. So let's get to the problem people who I think are really causing the problems. If what Wall Street Bets is doing is illegal, I think that these guys should be in jail, which is convenient because these are the same people who are saying that what Wall Street Bets is doing is illegal. I think that the biggest snakes in this whole saga is the financial media. Again, from the SEC Investor.gov website, the definition of market manipulation is, quote, when someone artificially affects the supply or demand for a security, for example, causing stock prices to rise or fall dramatically, market manipulation may involve spreading false or misleading information about a company, end quote. Now, there are a couple other notes that they include, but those aren't relevant, so I went ahead and left those off. I have the link to the full definition in the description below. Feel free to go take a look. Remember that what makes this GameStop phenomenon work is the absurdly huge short positions created by the hedge funds. The two most vocal of these hedge funds are Melvin Capital and Citron Research. News organizations were tripping over themselves this week to report that both of these hedge funds have completely closed their short positions. I went to look for articles, and CNBC, Business Insider, and Reuters all reported that Citron and Melvin Capital have closed out their positions before Friday's close. Now, granted, the number of shares shorted went from 140% to 113% as of Friday, but there are still 57.8 million shares shorted. So either these firms haven't closed out their positions completely yet, or there's some magic tooth fairy out there with a the capital behind her to be able to short 58 million shares. You decide. On Friday, CNBC actually had paid, promoted posts circulating around Twitter talking about Melvin Capital closing out its position in GameStop. It was sent around as breaking news, but CNBC broke the news on Tuesday. So why are they paying for these posts to float around on Friday saying breaking news, they close out of the position? To me, some of these financial media groups are using their influence to convince people that, oh well guys, the hedge funds have already closed out of their position, guess it's time for you to, you know, go ahead and go sell those shares and go home. To me, that is market manipulation. They're trying to tell people that there is no more point in holding your shares. The hedge funds are already out, just go ahead and sell. This would, of course, drop the stock price and allow the hedge funds to close out their positions at a much lower cost than they would have otherwise. To me, that is some rather false or misleading information, if I've ever seen it. Now, let's get to Jim Cramer. For those of you that don't know, Jim Cramer is a TV personality who has been widely memed for being very high energy and for having an absurd number of buttons in his studio. I'm going to go ahead and attach a link in the description below to a South Park episode where they're making fun of him. Jim has been making the rounds up and down Wall Street this week, actively encouraging GameStop investors to sell their shares. Is that market manipulation? Well, to me, that seems like artificially affecting supply and demand for a stock, but I leave the decision up to you. Jim has been talking about, and this is paraphrased, Wall Street Bets has already won. You bought the shares for $20, the price is now $325. You've already gotten the home run. Don't go for the Grand Slam. Sell your shares. I mean, he's right that it's a home run. However, the hedge funds still have to buy 58 million shares, which is still more shares than exist. There is still money to be made from these hedge funds. However, remember my warning. 
a lot of people are going to end up with $30 GameStop shares that they paid $350 for. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. However, for Jim to be actively going around telling people to sell, which would greatly benefit the hedge funds, remember, I think that's at least a little shifty. You can argue he's trying to do it to save people from a possible loss, but he's definitely also preventing them from a future gain. I think people should decide for themselves and not be preached to on every program. Hey, if you have GameStop shares, you need to go ahead and sell those. And then, of course, you have most of the news organizations that are bringing people in to talk on the show to talk about how silly the Wall Street Bets crowd is and all sorts of disinformation that they've been spreading to go around and try to convince people to sell. I could go on, I could find numerous examples, I could post them in the description below, but honestly, with everything you've heard me say so far, I am extraordinarily confident in your ability to go out, see the headlines, and see through the BS, and see what they're actually trying to say. I guarantee you, you're going to realize quite a lot of them are trying to convince you to sell. The last thing I'm going to talk about is, does anything need to change because of this? I see a lot of posts going around and a lot of congressmen and women going around talking about we need to end short selling or we need to investigate what Wall Street Bets is doing. Honestly, I don't think anything needs to change because of this. Remember what happened. Wall Street hedge funds got overconfident, went and short sold a stock to more shares than what possibly exist. They went out and made a stupid mistake. And what did Reddit do? We went and we capitalized. It's what the hedge funds do every day. They go out, they find mispriced assets, and they buy them, turn them around, sell them, and make a quick buck. That's what they do. You know what happened this time? You know what's different that they want to see about changing policies and law? They made the mistake. Main Street saw the mistake, and we turned around and capitalized and flipped it on them. And now, they don't think that's right. So, if you're seeing things in the news about should we make short selling illegal, or is what Wall Street Bets is doing is illegal. It's nonsense. What happened was the hedge funds made a mistake and we punished them for it. That's it. And so that's my take on the wonderful ride that is GameStop, AMC, and all the others. So while I still don't recommend anyone gets involved, I do recommend that everyone follows the news and pays attention to what happens this week. However this shakes out, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.